Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. From the corner, Barry. Rick Barry has not missed the free throw against Washington. Now it is Barry. Back to Clifford Ray. Goes to Rick Barry. Golden State getting that ball moving. Intended for Barry. Barry, look at that pass. Rick Barry, look at that shot, would you? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Barry wants to make a move. There's a Barry. He's got his shot. Hey everybody, Rick Barry here. Welcome to the Rick Barry Show with my, oh yes, my ever-present co-host, <laughs> Surfman himself, Cyrus Satchis, who I had the, the good fortune of being able to run into him when I was at the Warriors game uh, the other night when they played the Rockets. So it was really great to see you, Cyrus, and uh, it was it was fun to sit around before the game when Steph Curry was out there shooting around and he saw me because I met Steph obviously on many yeah. occasions. And he started screwing around with the underhanded free throw. And you posted all of the video that you had taken when he was shooting three point shots from this base, from the sideline there in the baseline, uh, shooting underhanded free throws. So uh, he's really, he's a good, he's really a, a really good guy. I just really like him a lot. And I have so much respect and admiration for him as a player, um, you know, turning himself into an MVP player coming in with no great, accolades you know this is like oh this is going to be the new great player in the nba i mean how right. he didn't get anything you know so he reminds me so much of steve nash two guys that turned themselves into mvp type players because of their attitude and their work ethic and uh so it was it was great to see him and got a chance to say hello and you know to clay as well yeah i'm so happy so happy that uh you know he's getting back and i, I actually did an interview with uh, nbc before the game and they asked me about clay i said i'm going to tell you one thing the other day you will never see again. You're never going to see Clay Thompson go zero for seven from three point range. That's just not <laughs> going to happen. That was an anomaly. <laughs> Trust me on that. I, the biggest thing with him, though, Cyrus, and, and watching him, and I was so happy to see him be aggressive when he played and getting that dunk had to be such a great thing for him. Yes. Uh, because having been through that myself, um, with knee stuff back in the day when arthroscopic surgery did not exist and you had to get cut open for a cartilage operation, you're out for months. You know, you just you don't know if it, if if it's going to work for you or not. You don't know if your knee is going to hold up. You don't know what's going to give out again. And so there's always that doubt in your mind. And I remember exactly when it happened. It was an overtime game in an ABA game when I was in Dallas. I made a steal and went down to go up and dunk it. And all of a sudden, I was I got really high and mm -hmm. made the dunk. And I'm saying, Oh my God, man, my knee is okay. And so I'm sure that had to be a really good thing for him to know that in the heat of competition, he can go up and elevate like that and jump off of that leg and be able to, uh, to, to get that dunk that had to be really cool for him, but he wasn't getting his feet set. Yeah. And I think, I think he really, well, I'm sure that the emotion had to be just amazing what he was going through, but he was kind of pushing things a little bit. It wasn't his normal game. He wasn't back in the flow of things, but when he finally got his feet set a couple of times is when he knocked down some threes. But uh, I, I think it was it was good to see him out there again playing. Um, he's going to be fine as long as that everything holds up. And he doesn't have any other further damage or injury to those two areas of his body, which happened to be right as you well know the two worst en en yeah. injuries you could have as a basketball player: Achilles and, and ACL. I mean, oh my God! I, if you were going to if you're going to pick two injuries not to have, those would be the two you'd pick. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs 
and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website for Bet Online. If you want to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. First of all, Rick, I want to say that the fortune was all mine. I mean, I'm, I don't know if I'm ever going to have another opportunity to sit on the Warriors bench just talking with an NBA legend and Hall of Famer. And I've never had that intimate of an experience with Stephen Curry. My, my initial impression from Steph, and, and let me know if you feel the same way, is that he's just someone filled with a lot of energy and a lot of joy. And that's just his life. That's just how he he proceeds to approach the world around us. It's just with with joy. I, that's all I sensed. I well, mean, he, has a love, he has a love and a passion, not only for, the, for life, but especially for basketball. Yes. He, when you watch him play, you can just see that he's having such a good time out yes. there playing. And uh, yeah, and I, I watch him very closely. I'm just, you know, because I have so much respect for him in his game. And you can just see how mad he is at himself when he misses a shot that he thinks he should have made. And you just watch him go down the court. It's, <laughs> I'm serious, folks. If you get a chance and you're at a game and you're doing something and you have the opportunity to do it, just watch him. Yeah. Focus on him after things are going, when the play's over, and just watch him. Watch his mannerisms. Watch his facial expressions. It, it's it's really a, a it's really a pleasure, and it's a joy. It's an experience to kind of just watch him all the time, and just see the joy and the passion that he has for this game. Yeah, I 100 percent agree. Uh, and I'm going to play a few clips. Uh, speaking of your appearance on uh, the local NBC affiliate here covering the Warriors, I'm going to play some clips in just a moment. Um, but, you know, Charles Barkley the other night on uh, NBA on TNT or inside the NBA on TNT uh, said it would take about 20 to 25 games for Clay Thompson to return to his former self before we can uh, cast an appropriate judgment on his play. Would you agree with that? Is that the amount of games you think we need before we can kind of decide what version of Clay we're going to get this year? I don't know how you can pick any number, to be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, it's so subjective. It's just yeah. Charles being Charles. I mean, why 25? Why not 24? Why not 20? Uh, maybe 30. Who, who knows? So all you do <laughs> is you watch him and you see his progression and his performance will tell you when it's been enough. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> right. You know, I 100% agree with you. Um, what do we, wait, let me share my screen here real quick, and, and the audio will work for uh, the listening audience. I'm going to post this on YouTube. I'm, uh, I created a YouTube channel for your show. We'll make money if we ever get a thousand subscribers on it. Um, and I'll just I'll just link up your your. Uh, I'll give the all the account information to you. You can put the bank account information in there, and uh, hopefully, first things first. Uh, this was uh, at this near the beginning of your interview on um on the nbc affiliate and this is where stephen curry uh decided to show you love and that's one of many things i i admire about the splash brothers they seem to respect the history of the game they actually study it and they know full well the greatness that is rick barry so this was you for seeing steph when he came on the court 
Nice to have brought them the first. Not as the worst, brought them the first. How you doing, buddy? Good to see you. I'm sorry, I had to say hi to Steph. Of uh, course. So I'd love to play with him. So, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that's what it's all about. It's all about winning championships. I, I don't know if you were, were you able to hear that. Did the audio come through? Yeah, yeah, I, I heard okay, it. And, and the thing is, you could see at, the, at when it was on the freeze frame, you could see that I had perfect. I saw him coming out of the tunnel as I was talking to him. My eyes were actually to the right side, and that's why I was able to kind of reach out. And he was kind enough to come over and just, you know, acknowledge me. He he saw I was doing an interview, so you know he he's been there before, so he wasn't going to bother me. But I said, hey, screw <laughs> the interview. I'm saying hi to Steph. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and and I've I've interviewed Kareth Burke a couple times. I don't know how the interview went with her, but I'm really stoked that she's doing in the pre and post game uh hosting duties right now hope that becomes a permanent thing on a side note i don't know what you're if you have any opinions on that um so here's another one this was when clay thompson showed up and he actually made a promise to you uh so um this is the caption from from uh nbc warriors clay promises rick barry he's going to find his shot again before i press play i, I haven't heard this yet um was it a brief conversation was can people hear it I guess we'll find uh, out. I don't know. I guess we'll find out right now. Here it is. Here's Clay Thompson talking to Rick. That would have been the case at all. And I'm going to say real quickly hi to, hi to Clay Thompson right here. Hi, Clay. Nice to see you, buddy. Good luck. I'm proud of you, man. Proud of you. Yeah, yeah proud of you. He's coming, Keep going. Rick. I, I, you'll be there. I know. You'll she be there. Yeah, you'll be there. Sorry about that. <laughs> well, yeah. Let me tell you something. Let me say he's, he, the nice thing was he told me it's coming. So, I mean, he's, he's feeling good about it, but the thing that he was totally wrong on, he says, I'll be able to shoot like this guy. No, I could, I wish I could shoot like clay. Okay. Let's just get that straight. Now, okay. If I, let me tell you something. If I could shoot like clay and Steph, I mean, it would have been ridiculous how many points I would have been able to put up. I mean, these guys are just in a whole nother league by themselves. Seriously. I mean, that was very nice of him to say that, but it was wrong 100%. Trust me. I was a scorer. Here's the deal. I was a scorer. And, you know, these guys are scorers and shooters. I mean, Clay has made himself into more of a scorer. He was always just a shooter when he first came in, and that's where he's taken his game to another level. Right. Because now he goes to the basket, and he can do other things, and he can score more than just sitting out there and shooting shots, although we know he can do that as well or better than 95, 99% of the guys playing the game today. You know, I mean, just the 37-point thing that he did with, what, what, seven, nine dribbles, some ridiculous thing. So, but he can get to the basket. So Steph and Clay are scorers who are shooters. Yeah. I was a scorer who shot okay. You know, not bad. I mean, I got the three point shooting up to like thirty three percent, which is equivalent to fifty from twos. But as I told people, if I were playing today, I wouldn't be happy, and I would work at it and work at it until I got to be a forty percent or better three point shooter. That would be my goal because that's that's rare rare area to get to forty or better. And I would have done that. But, I mean, you were talking about, you know, these guys that shoot not just 40. They're close to 50. Right, <laughs> you know, right. So, anyway, it's a whole new – it's a, just another world that these guys are in. They just – they shoot the ball so incredibly. But it was very nice of both of them to have uh, have done that. And, well, and, you uh, know, I, think you, I think, Rick, you're underselling yourself in terms of being a shooter. I mean, every single video I've ever seen of you, your shot is perfect. I don't, I, and if there was a three-point line – Well, no, I, have, I, no, I have good shooting form, and I was in the three-point. Yeah. I got to 33. I wasn't a bad shooter. I was a good shooter. But I wasn't a great shooter. Those guys are – these guys are great shooters. 
I mean, seriously. I mean, I'm not trying to go ahead and be modest or anything here. Hell, if I was say, hey, I could shoot like those guys. No, I can't. I never could. <laughs> I think you are being modest, but that's no. But I'm not. I, I I I'm not being modest. I'm being my my normal, <laughs> honest self. I'm trying not to. I'm actually in this case, I'm being brutally honest. I am not. Never was as good a shooter as those guys. Fair enough. Well, <laughs> uh, and again, I, I really think you are being modest just because yourself were phenomenal, but I hear what you're saying. I mean, I mean, Seth and Claire are just in a, a league of their own. Um, this, by the way, was you talking about Draymond. And, you know, we, I, I don't want to make this segment too time sensitive. I'm listening two weeks from now, might be like, wait, what are you talking about Draymond? He's back playing right now. But we're recording this on January 23rd. Um, and Draymond Green's been out. And he's going to be out for probably another week or two, if not more. Uh, so this was you talking about Draymond's um, absence uh, with the NBC crew. No, not really. I don't know if there's been a player quite like him. Um, I'm just glad that he was able to make the adjustment. When KD first came here, I told people, Dray right now, Draymond Green should forget about scoring. They don't need him to score. If he can get 10 points a game, get his double-digit rebounds, play the defense, facilitate like he he's capable of doing, that's going to be the most important thing. And he did that. And now he still has to get some points, but if the other guys come through, he doesn't need to do that. But he has an impact on the game on both ends of the court. There's very few players that have that ability. And what I'm really most proud of him is, is that because he's getting a little bit older, you mature a little bit more. He hasn't been as crazy about picking up those foolish technical fouls. So it's, uh, it's great to see. It really truly is. And you can see that they miss him. I mean, there's no way last night they lose that game if Draymond is playing. I just don't think that would have been the case at all. I'm and you're talking about the no, Pacers. No, not really. I don't know if there's Oops. been a player quite like him. And you were talking about the Pacers game uh, in, in reference to the game they lost. But first of all, Rick, you look great on TV. I'm surprised, like, you're not being sought after uh, for broadcasting gigs. I don't know. Well, here's the deal. There, but, here's the uh, deal is that they, they don't like they don't necessarily like the honesty that I have. Okay? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a shill. OK, yes. I'm not going to if you're paying me, I'm not going to go out there and try to make you look good or if I'm working for the team. You know, and that, that's the whole thing. I don't know if I was working for the Warriors, like some players who like right. Tommy Hunt was like one of the greatest homers ever. And when he worked for the Boston Celtics, God rest his soul. Yes. I mean, you know, and, and even their pronouncer, Johnny Most. I mean, they were so biased. It was just ridiculous. <laughs> Here's the deal. People aren't stupid. OK, you know, yes. you may be a fan and everything, but I'm going to tell you the truth. OK, you can like it, you can dislike it, but you're going to hear what the truth is. And then you can determine yourself as to whether or not you're happy about it and you're unhappy about it, but you have to tell both sides, right? That's what you have to do. And I was kind of ahead of my time. And now somebody who does say something critical, they're getting rave reviews. But the thing <laughs> is, I wasn't critical to be critical. Right. I was you're critical to be, I was critical to be informative. Okay. And, you know, it's easy to say, I mean, God, no, I made a bad pass. What a lousy pass that was. Well, no kidding. Everybody who knows anything about the game realizes the guy just made a lousy pass. But explain <laughs> to why. Why was it a lousy pass? What pass should he have made in that situation? Tell people something that helps to educate them about the game and the way the game should be played. And so, anyway, I, you know, I would love to still be doing the broadcasting. It's fun. Yeah. I love the game. I understand the game. I will tell you that when I watch games, I don't necessarily listen very often because – the comments that I'm hearing from the people doing it, 
I'm saying, what game are you watching? Right. I mean, not seeing the same game that I'm seeing. And so it's a very difficult thing for me to have to listen to a lot of them. And I'm not going to mention any names. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, but I mean, I just, I have a real problem with that. I just, I, I really you. do. I hear you. No, I, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. I mean, not the same as you clearly, because you know the game a million times better than I do, but I get what you're saying in terms of sometimes what these people say, these broadcasters is asinine. It's just, I, I don't, I don't get what they're saying. Uh, one more clip I wanted to share, by the way, before I'm done sharing clips of your appearance. Uh, and this is part of the Warriors honoring you uh, throughout the season, every home game, they're honoring a different Warriors legend uh, tonight. Our, our Friday night was a special case. I mean, cause one night they're honoring Sarunas Marshallonis, no disrespect to Sarunas, but Rick, you're in a whole different category than him. Um, so Friday night was a whole different type of honor where they had you uh, in the arena. Um, but during the warmups, uh, Stephen Curry even uh, paid homage to you. Um, and I'm going to share this. I posted the video on my Twitter account. First of all, first of all, you can follow Rick on all social media platforms at Rick. Twitter. You can follow me on, on uh, social on Twitter at Docs or um, And this was uh, Steph trying to make a three pointer uh, underhanded. Again, as an homage to you and, and the videos I posted on Twitter included like you talking to him and giving him advice. I think you said, put your hands or arms. Hands, get together. your hands, get your hands. He was, when he shoots the ball, you'll watch him. His hands go out to the side. If you're doing right. it the right way, you bring your hands together. So you kind of touch your hands at the, you know, at so I was, yeah, trying, yeah. I was trying to give him a little bit of a pointer about doing <laughs> And this was the one he finally not, hey, made. Not, hey, wait a second. Let me get, not that, that he should ever give any, in fact, I tweeted out that I said, if there's anybody that does not need to switch to underhanded free throws, it's <laughs> Steph Curry. <laughs> All right, real quick. Here he is after like almost a minute of trying. Uh, he finally made uh, the underhanded three. Bam. And this is a, there's not much audio with this one. Uh, he, and again, I just love how much love he showed you. Um, Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson are individuals who, again, they're historians of the game. They're respectful, uh, understand what greatness is. Uh, maybe it's because of the fact of their, of their parents. I don't, I don't know, but they get it. They, I just love the respect they were showing you. Um, wh what was the night like, by the way, as a whole? I think you sat next to well, owner Joe Lacob. Uh, he does, he owes well, you a lot of respect for that 2012 Chris Mullen uh, uh, retirement night. Um, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, here, well, here's the thing. First of all, I, I'm surprised that they said this was the honor. For, I, I was not told that this is the honor. <laughs> No, ser no, seriously. I was asked to come out because the night was Rick Wells's night. Rick Wells' right, night, right. who was the former president of the Warriors, who I knew as a young kid when he was working for the Seattle Supersonics when I lived up there and I did broadcasting work for the Sonics years ago. And so I was there for that, for the medallion ceremony. He was put on the Walk of Fame out there. It was a very nice ceremony. Some wonderful things being said by Joe Lacob talking about Rick and the amazing job he did and how instrumental he was in helping to get the new Chase Center actually right. approved and to be able to get that built he spent seven years seven of his 10 years working diligently on that and he is a brilliant guy who left and went to the nba and helped them with being able to turn that league around and start to market it properly and i, I tell you a quick story that i've told to people before so he leaves to go i call him about three months later i said uh -huh. how's it going rick he said you know he said i thought that I was going to get doors slammed on my face and it was going to be really tough. He said, I have been so well received. Nobody had ever been out talking to these people. And that's the problem that the NBA had because in 75, our games are on delayed television. It, it's a great product that was never marketed because right. the success of any product, any service that you have, 
one of the most important things is how do you market that service mm-hmm. or that product? And the NBA didn't do a good job of it, but the guy that helped turn it around obviously was David Stern at the head of it. But Rick Wells was one of the key elements to doing that with the wow. NBA. And he was so successful in his work at the NBA that he was offered the opportunity to go and then do run things and be president at the Phoenix Suns. And then he sat down and he told a great story about he spent three hours with Joe Lacob and Peter Goober talking about things. And, and Peter, I mean, Joe said that within the first hour, he and Peter knew that Rick was going to be the right guy. And he turned out to be the right guy. And so I thought that Joe did a great job of expressing just how much he appreciated what Rick had done and the uh, people that he put together. And, and, you know, if you're the head of an organization, the key element is who it's just like being a coach, you know, or the general manager. It's all about the personnel. You got to get the right personnel. And Rick surrounded himself with so many great people and he put everything in order. And that's why the team is flourishing again, even though now he has left Joe said he's still mad at him for leaving joking around, but Rick did an unbelievable job, but I thought it was his night. That's what it was supposed to be about. And then all of a sudden right. we're here with the 75th. I mean, I thought that somebody was talking about, Hey, they're probably going to have you out because they're going to be honoring people doing stuff. Nobody ever told me that this was a thing to be honoring me. Not that I would have hey, dressed any differently because the last thing I ever get to do is I'm not wearing a coat and tie to a sporting event. Okay? Yeah. But I, I, yeah, I don't know how they're planning that. Remember we had Sleepy Floyd on a couple months ago and, and he sent his son as a representative for this. I, I don't know yeah, how they didn't, they didn't ask me to say that this was your thing that we're going to honor you for the 75th anniversary team. I didn't, I, they didn't say anything to me about that. I have no idea, but here's the thing. I'm going to be dressed like that all the time. I'm going to wear my warrior <laughs> stuff. I, you know what? Because I'm so happy because for 13 years after, you know, 13 years of doing stuff, the Warriors were so freaking bad. I was embarrassed to wear anything that said gold. <laughs> oh, man. And he's, oh, I, well, I'm serious. I'm serious. I mean, so I mean, the only thing I wore was my my ring. I mean, that's the only thing I kept wearing. But I wouldn't be wearing the Warriors stuff because people uh, I wore a lot of NBA stuff at the time. But I'm proud to have been a member of the NBA and a member Heck of the yeah. Warriors. And so I wear it proudly. And I, you know. Fortunately, I mean, you know, Jeff Nepp, who's there working, you know, a great guy with all of the stuff and sales and things that he does and runs the store and everything else for the Warriors is kind enough to always keep me, keep me regaled in the Warriors stuff, just like I have. This is a cool shirt. I like that's this. That's a great shirt. Like yeah. Yeah. And I for the people listening. I love because I love America. So that's right there. Yeah. And for those listening, uh, Rick is wearing this Warriors shirt that has um, the logo only with all the, the red, white, and blue. Uh, yeah. America. It's like video. an American. Yeah. All the American with stars down at the Golden Gate Bridge. It's really a cool t shirt. It's in a fact, very cool uh, shirt. If, if you go by the store, I'm sure they probably still have them in the Warriors store over there. It's, they're really cool. And then I had my shirt on also. People didn't, if they watched, if they were, you know, to see the video and stuff that they have there, it's, uh, the, uh, the the shirt that I had underneath is Charles Dudley to put together, and they came up with the design. We had the shirt, a big picture of our ring, and it was actually oh. a championship ring, talking about the Warriors and the championship in seventy four, seventy five. And then on the back, it was there and it had all the players' names on it, and all. It's really kind of cool. I think, actually, I I think they're thinking about maybe putting some of those and making them available in the in the Warriors um, souvenir store at the at the Chase Center. But it's it's a very cool shirt, a very uh, because I'm, I'm proud of that team and you should be. I'm working hard. I'm working hard. And Charles is actually, Don Dudley is working hard in the point of trying to get a documentary for. I was going to ask team. you about that. You've, you've been yeah, starting no, to talk I mean, about that. It, yeah. It's ludicrous that the greatest upset in the finals of the four major professional sports in this country 
It's the greatest upset that has ever occurred. And a documentary has never been done. And they've got documentaries about games and teams and other things. So how in the world did they miss out on this? Right. This is a team that was so disrespected. I feel so badly for my teammates that they haven't gotten the recognition they deserve because we epitomized what the game of basketball was supposed to be about. Right. Team. Team. About a team coming together and winning a championship. And the story, I mean, we trade away, you trade away a Hall of Fame center, one of the best centers in the history of the game, and Nate Thurmond at the start yeah. of the season. Everybody writes us off. We're not even going to be a playoff team, blah, blah, blah. And then not only did we go and win the Pacific Division, then we play and we're supposed to, even though we had a better record, nobody expected us to beat the Bulls. We had a really great series with them. Great story about that in itself. I screwed up and gave a game away in Chicago. I mean, there's just so many things that took place. I sucked in game seven and Al Adels. I mean, there's so many things and elements, yeah. you know, Clifford Ray and the relationship that we wound up having. And it was just, it was a fairy tale story and it needs to be told. I hope it does. And I hope you make some money off that. You know, speaking I'm of not worried I, about making money, I just want I know, the story but, to get there. But you deserve it. And and uh, and I wanted to ask a question because I I love the history of the game and I'm constantly learning new things, especially about uh, the decade that you were dominated the most in uh, the 70s. Why didn't you finish your career with the Warriors? Like what happened there where you actually left and went to Houston? Ten thousand dollars. That's it. It became a matter of freaking pride on my end. I was insulted. Scotty Sterling was the general manager. Franklin Muley was off cruising around on his boat because he loved to go and sail. <laughs> and Franklin Muley and I had a great relationship. I mean, I was like his prodigal son. That's what he used to call me, the prodigal son. He, when I left and everything, which I didn't want to do, I mean, I had tears in my eyes when I left the Warriors. Uh, and he, I, I didn't have a great time. I mean, it's a really long story of doing stuff. And I mean, I'm, they'll probably, I don't know, but if they'll ever get into it and talk about it in great length, but it finally came down that there was Scotty Sterling said to me, Rick, I can't believe that you're going to blow this opportunity in this deal over $10,000. I looked at him in the eye and I said, Scotty, I think you have it backwards. Yeah, exactly. I can't believe that you're willing to let me go for $10,000. Exactly. I didn't really want to leave the Warriors, but I wanted to have a chance to win and do something, but it's just, Ah, oh, man, it was, uh, that was, that was difficult. It was very difficult. And as it turned out, it actually shortened my career going to play for the Rockets, even though I had met, I, I love Moses and Calvin and Mike Newland and Mike Dunleavy. I get to meet. I mean, I made some really great friends and had, I loved those guys, Yeah, and, but I was willing to take a subservient role when I went to that team, because I told me he had a chance to win. And I just ran in at the game when I was there. I see John Lucas. He comes up. Yeah, I saw that. I thought we were going to play. I said, John, I came down there to play with you, not to go down there to have me get freaking given up as compensation, which they didn't have to do. Right. They didn't have to. And the Ray Patterson, the general manager, gave John Lucas to the Warriors. I went there to play with John Lucas. And, and that was so ridiculous. Our team would have been so, if John had still been there, there's no way in my mind that we wouldn't have had an unbelievable chance to win a championship. We still had a great chance, even with the team that we had. It was the most talented team. Of, I mean, I've never played on a team before that had two other Hall of Famers. Calvin Murphy, Moses Malone. Right. And Mike Newland, unbelievable player, unbelievable shooter. I mean, it was, uh, yeah, it, it was crazy. It was just very sad. And then, and then I wanted to keep playing. I would have been a Boston Celtic. I know, but with the roster thing, right? 11 they positions cut the instead roster of 12. To 11. Yeah. I mean, to but save they, money. But I, don't, I wouldn't, but I wouldn't look back on that. Regret. I see what you're saying. Like in terms of in hindsight, maybe 
$10,000. Maybe I shouldn't have made a big deal about that. But in high, but look, there's two sides to that issue. The other side being that the Warriors, why didn't they just pony up 10000 more to keep you? I mean, I, I and given the decisions they've made throughout the they history should, of their they franchise. Should, they should give me a lot more than $10,000. Yes, yes, yes. And given, again, the, the, the track record of this team until the Lake of Era, uh, I'm not going to defend them. How could you? I mean, every, almost every no. decision they made was just ridiculous. Well, uh, over ten thousand dollars, they didn't make the playoffs for thirteen consecutive years. Exactly. So, I, so I don't <laughs> think you were at fault there at all. That's just uh, my opinion on that matter. Um, and, and before we go, I, I one really heartfelt moment that I loved seeing uh, was Leandro Barbosa, who's now an assistant coach for the Warriors. Love uh, you him. And him. Love him too. His energy is incredible. And you two spent a lot of quality time together in pregame talking about your big three squad. Do you want to tell folks about that conversation and where that went? Yeah. Well, I mean, he came up and, you know, to say hello, I thought it was great when he saw me, he came running up to give me, cause I, I, I just, he's one of the nicest people ever. I have a picture yes. that I show people all the time of me with our heads together after one of the big three games, when he was so instrumental in us winning that game. And right. the first thing he did, he's come up, coach, I'm sorry. I said, what are you sorry about? I said, we'd never win this game if it wasn't for you. And I went up and put my head to my I said, Leg Andrew, if I was coaching in the NBA and I had 15 players like you, I would think I died and went to heaven. <laughs> I mean, he's just such a wonderful person. Agreed. And, and what he told me was, and, uh, and I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be the truth. He said, I'm going to be the team captain next year for the big three team for this coming the season. Hogs. The and, I'm, hogs, right? and I'm saying, seriously because the captain is the guy that picks the players and has the choice of it i as a, as the head coach in the big three for all those years which i really enjoy i mean it's it's really great it's been just so much fun and i appreciate what you know cube getting me their ice cube giving me the opportunity to do that and jeff quant that's his partner and hopefully they'll i'll be back so i said to him i said well i hopefully i'm going to be back coaching if you're going to be the captain and then he wants to win. I mean, he's so competitive, yeah. but he knows a lot of the younger players. He's already talked to some other guys, some younger big guys, and we're going to try to put together a team to give us a chance to win because I don't care what it is I'm doing it. I still want to win. I hate losing. Heck yeah. okay, whether I'm playing, whether I'm coaching, whatever it is. And so I'm really excited about that. And I hope it comes to fruition. And Leandro, oh, no, coach, I go with you. I mean, his, his accent is so great. And he says, no, no, I, we, we, we decide who would do it. I said, Leandro, if you've got someone that you think is good, well, you see, you make, I said, Leandro, I trust you enough. I said, I know you want to win. If you know this guy can play the way that I want us to play and the way we played last year, I said, I'm for it. Let's go for it. So I'm, I'm really excited about that now. So just now I have to wait and hope that I get word that I'm going to be coaching again in the big three. Oh, I'm sure you'll hear that. I, hey, listen, DeAndre, he's still quick as hell. I mean, he's, yeah. you know, as old as he is, I mean, he's in his late thirties getting clean up there, but he's still super quick and can get to the basket. He's still, but you know, the Brazilian blur, I mean, he still can do it. And, and here's the thing. He was shooting the heck out of threes. Oh. With his strange shot that he has, he was really very, very, very uh, accurate with his three-point shooting, but just such a great person. And Jody Meeks, who played the other position for us, and, you know, the other guard and doing it. And so we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, he even asked me, he said, is your son going to be available? Oh. Yeah, no, he likes Canyon. He's seen, you know, so I don't know. We'll see. I, the big thing is, is that he's even going to go and talk because FIBA was doing something. I, I two years ago, a few years ago, I tried to get uh, – uh, I tried to get the best. Well, he was rated as the best player in the uh, uh, in the world in three x three basketball. Uh, and I'm going. No, no, I'm talking about the uh, the guy from Serbia. I'm sorry. Uh, geez, I can't believe I'm going to draw a blank on his name. A senior moment for me. Um, but 
he he was really he was really a, a really good player as a guard. I tried to get him to play, and he was going to come, but FIBA wouldn't let him play. They said if he plays, he will not be eligible. Well, I think it was more of his country, more so. But even FIBA, that if you play because you have a contract, or you play in any other three-on-three basketball or whatever it is, that they you would not be eligible to play in any of the FIBA 3X3 events, which means uh. you can't play in the Olympics, you can't play in the World Championships. And, uh, yeah, gotcha. uh, Dusan Bullet. It was Dusan Bullet. Okay. That's the guy, heck of a play, heck of a nice player. And he played last year for, for Nancy Lieberman on their team and played really well for them. In fact, I think he might have got rookie of the year in the league last year. And I tried to get him. I mean, I had some say. I finally had some say and convinced him, let's do it. And we did draft him, but he, he couldn't play for us. But then after the Olympics, I just said, he, I guess it's later in his career. He said, well, heck with that. I want to play. <laughs> he played last year. So well, let's see. hope uh, let's hope Ice Cube and company do the the smart thing, the right thing, and bring you back as a head coach. Uh, and Leandro, I mean, you heard the speculation uh, that Steve Kerr almost asked him to suit up last year. Supposedly, that was the rumor. I don't know if that's true or not, but um, he looked amazing. That experience was amazing of the Warriors honoring you. And yeah, but you know night. what? Who I like, I you know who I like, and he's gotten to play a lot, which I'm happy to see him get to do that. I really like Chioza. Chioza was Canyon's teammate in Florida, you and both that, of them yeah. came off. Both of them came off the bench. I mean, both of them played so well together because Chioza really likes to pass and Canyon move without the ball. I mean, he would do that in other times and never see the ball. But when he was in with Chioza, Chioza would get him great passes, backdoor cuts and things. And Chioza does a great job, plays tough defense. And I, I, I like him. I was happy when the Warriors picked him up. I think he's the kind of guy that can commit at various times, which he's done so you know this season. And uh, good guy. Still made one of the most amazing shots ever in the NCAA tournament. And uh, Canyon made an amazing block to save the game. And then they dot the ball in bounds and Chioza made a shot at the buzzer to beat Wisconsin and in uh, the sweet 16. Oh. I mean, it, no. Yeah. And, and then they, then they played in the, the elite eight and wound up losing the game. They should have won to South Carolina to go to the final four, but anyway, South that's a whole other story, but Chioza, Chioza is awesome. I mean, uh, just, I really like him a lot. What are you thinking about uh, before we go real quick? What are your thoughts on the youngsters? Like, and do you like Kerr's rotation in terms of the amount of minutes he's given? I mean, uh, Kaminga is really impressing me so far as a rookie, nineteen-year-old rookie at that. Uh, Moses Moody's not getting much minutes. Um, like, what are your th- what are your thoughts from what you've seen? Uh, are these future stars? Or well, they're they're coming along. He's bringing them all very slowly. Uh, you know, uh, Moody's probably a better outside shooter than Kaminga. Can't do the other things that Kaminga is able to do. Uh, what I like most, see, I, I watched the little things when I watched games. Okay, of course. Yeah. What was great, Kaminga had done something on the court and made it was a mistake. Okay, he did it and everything. So he came to the bench and said, Steph was sitting down talking to him. See, that's a leader. Okay, Steph was talking to Kaminga. Now, if Kaminga is going to listen to anybody, he's going to listen to Steph Curry. Yeah. And yep. so with Steph there mentoring him, I mean, that, that to me was very impressive. And I, and I compliment Steph for doing that. That's what some of these guys need. They need to hear it. It's kind of like when parents and I talk, like I, there was somebody that was there at some of the functions there and a young kid was there with Rick Welts that was involved with his family. And I told the young man, young man, I said, do you, I said, do you know what your number one priority should be? And he goes, he said, school. I said, Absolutely. Get yourself a great education and do that. And the parent, oh, thank you so much. It's kind of like parents don't know anything as far as kids concerned. I told the wife, I told the lady, she's a younger kid. I said, listen, don't, I said, you're going to become the stupidest person on the face of the earth. Just be ready for that from your kids. I said, but then again, as when they get a little older and stuff, you're going to get smart again. Yeah. Okay. I mean, and so you have to hear it. 
from different people because it's a matter it's not the message it's the messenger yeah that's true very true okay because the same message can be given by two different people and it's going to be perceived and accepted in different ways depending who's giving it so steph curry talking to kaminga is the best thing that can happen and i was so proud of him to do that but i like him uh I thought, you know, and, and I compliment Poole, who's had a tough thing. It's tough to all of a sudden be stuck when you're playing really well and you're putting up some great numbers. And now all of a sudden you got Clay coming back and you got to go to the bench. And yeah, I mean, that's the whole mental thing that you got to yes. do. And he's dealing well with it. And he was a big factor in them winning that last game. He, he, got, right. a, he got a run, little stretch of run there on points that they needed desperately and a game that they could have easily have lost. And if it weren't for him stepping up at that particular time, there was two times down the floor that he made some big plays for him to help keep him in the game. So, uh, you know, compliments to him for doing that. Now, the only thing about it is, is that I will say one thing. I don't care if he cares what I say or not, or anybody ever tell him. He sometimes has a tendency to take shots that are too difficult. No, you're right. You're absolutely, he forces it. And they're forced. No, you're totally right. You're totally right. I've noticed. What you have to learn to do, and this is, this is what the biggest problem I always felt with Westbrook was there is is you can't (laughs) you can't don't try to force things take what's there and available you're absolutely right yeah and and so he has a chance like one of my remember he he, he drove in nobody's around and he's floating and taking a fadeaway thing and i mean not a good shot in that situation and sometimes you know he's not steph curry i mean he's doing a nice job but he's not and he shoots like it's a steph curry shot i mean it's like you know don't take steph curry shots i'm talking about steph's 28 footers right (laughs) oh man and and speaking of uh, first of all i want to sincerely thank you you uh you let me wear your 1975 world championship ring that was just you didn't have to do that it was an honor uh thank you so much for giving me that experience and the photo you're talking about with um with leandro if if you follow rick barry on all social media platforms at rick 24 barry uh you can see those photos and so much more um and rick it's always a pleasure next time we'll we'll maybe bring a guest back on but it was good to catch up um and anything before anything you want to promote i know you got some. well yeah actually i'm hoping i'm hoping i left some stuff i left some knee sleeves and some calf and Achilles sleeves with the trainer for the Warriors and go okay. sleeves, go sleeves.com, go sleeves, S L E E V S.com. And the code is RB24, and you can get a nice discount. Great products. I wear them all the time when I'm playing pickleball. Got kinesio tape built into them. They're awesome products. And I'm hoping that I just said, look at, please let Draymond take this when he's doing his rehab. Yes. It will rip, it will help him. So I'm hoping that Drew, who was the head trainer there, that who wasn't at the game because he wasn't feeling well, I hope that he gives these to Draymond to try at least if nothing else while he's there and recovering because it's good for recovery and all I'm hoping that he tries it and helps get him back quicker same thing with Steph now he's got the knee and he's got a thing on I even said hey Steph listen I left some sleeves and stuff you might want to try it when you're when you're when you're practicing or doing because they're good for rehab read about it and hopefully those guys will use those because uh I, I I think they'll help them. I really do. And that's all I'm trying to do is try to help those guys out. Cause I I'm, I'm a big fan. I want them to be successful and hopefully Draymond will get back a little bit quicker. If he tries this stuff they need and them. he needs to get back. Cause they got a, they got a tough stretch coming up here. Yes, they, they do. You know, they got a tough stretch. So, but you know, under the circumstances, they, they, they went through a tough thing and talking to Joe. And I said, Joe, every, almost every team, there's only been one or two teams in the history of the NBA that have gone through an entire season without having a period where they struggled. Right. And hopefully this was the struggling point for the Warriors here. They get past this and then they'll be fine and be healthy going into the playoffs. And then anything can happen. But I do think especially, and I'm still perplexed as to why it's taking so long for 
for Wiseman to come back. If I mean, if it's just the cartilage thing, I mean, it's just, there's gotta be something more to this. Well, I don't know if you heard Rick, like he had a, he had his follow-up procedure last month, uh, an arthroscopic procedure on the same knee with that meniscus issue is some sort of cleanup thing. And I mean, what do you think about that? Like, like, should they pursue another big man? They have no natural center. Uh, Steve Kerr disagreed with me. He called Kevon Looney a center. I'm like, look, by technically, yes, but um, when he drafted him, he was- Looney's done a great job. He's been very serviceable. Very works hard, does some nice things. Can you know make the little bit of shot? I mean, you know, thank God for for Looney. Right. If they didn't have Looney, they'd be in big trouble because other than him, they don't have really have much at all. They have no shop blockers. They still don't have shop blockers. And and I and I guess I'm saying like, should they make a move at this point? Because even if even if Wiseman comes back, he's not playing important minutes in the playoffs at this point. I mean, he doesn't have the experience. You know. what do you, should they do something? I mean, would you stick with what they got? I mean, what would you well, do? If I mean, you know, they're doing incredibly well with what they do have, but yeah. you know, come playoff time, the game slows down a lot of times a little bit. And then sometimes they start to go a little bit more and go inside and attack and doing it. And they got in trouble and they got in big trouble in this game against the, the Rockets were having like a dunking contest. I yes. mean, they were, the defense, I mean, my God, the defense in the first half was abominable. I mean, the one thing in basketball when you're watching – if a team is, and it's not in the fast break, if the team in a set offense is getting to the basket and getting dunks, that's a total breakdown of team defense. Yeah. Great team defense, you don't let that happen. You go and you stop and you make them do something else. You don't let them get to the rim. And man, oh man, they were just, I mean, weak side wasn't there. The help wasn't there. And then yeah. they turned it on better in the third quarter when they got back in the game. That's when the defense, because they were doing the defense in front of where I was sitting with Joe and Rick and, and, and Chris Mullen, who's always fun to sit with. I oh, love. such a pleasure and, meeting him in person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great guy. <laughs> He's a great guy. And so, you know, that their defense, they finally did it. Their rotations were much better. They weren't letting them get in and get the dunks. And then the other thing that hurt them a little bit, again, is it's, it's an important thing, is it, one of the things that happened with, uh, with Kaminga was that he – you got to sometimes screen off the boards. He turned his head and go, and they gave up a big offensive rebound uh, game when he was there. And so they got hurt on offensive rebounds and it almost cost them the game. So the thing in basketball, minimize the number of fast break opportunities that they get points off of fast break, minimize, minimize the second chance opportunities. That's the, it used to be also then make them beat you from the perimeter. Well, now with the three point shot, that's gone out the window. So the two, <laughs> the two critical elements are don't give a lot of fast break points and don't give them a lot of second chance opportunities. And the Warriors right. in that area were getting hurt in that second area, the second chance opportunities. And then they did have that breakdown defensively where they were just letting them get to the basket. So, and, and you still want to make them have to beat you from the perimeter. You don't want right. to let them get ducks. I completely agree. And one stat that keeps sticking out to me is, is, is the total field goal attempts for each team. The Warriors are getting hammered in that department. And it's, it's like you said, second chance points and turnovers, which leads to those fast breaks. And the Warriors are, are unfortunately doing that way more than they should. Uh, again, ghostleaves.com. And then also medicinally, if people are into the cannabinoid world and so get away from all that crazy SAID things or whatever they are that they take, you know, the celebrity, the other stuff that you take for ibuprofen and all the other stuff, try cannabinoids, folks, and go to medicinally, M-E-D-I-C-I-L-E-A-F, medicinally.com. Uh, unbelievable. It's a cannabinoid company. They're the sponsor for the Professional Pickleball Association and the, nice. the, play, the players love it. And I use it all the time. I, I just love this stuff. And you put 24 in the code and you get a nice discount with that as well. But please try this before you try any of that other stuff, especially with the opioids and stuff. <laughs> oh my God. 
Sounds yeah. good. And, and we'll be back at this again soon. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll work on getting a big guest, but it's just been too long. It was good to catch up with you, Rick. And it was such a fun night. I, you really put, you really made my night, man. I was, I was just, uh, I lost my dog a few weeks ago and I just been in just, this is this place of just depression for a while. And I needed that. So thank you, sir. And it's just always a pleasure to see you. You're a great human being. Um, until next time, God bless everybody. Stay well and healthy during these insane times. Yes, and, sir. uh, and especially those of you who are stuck in California with the crazy rules. <laughs> well, you're one town from me, Danville. I'm in San Ramon. It's not as crazy here as it is in San Francisco, but I hear what you're saying. And the weather is nice. Not complaining about that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.